Buy low, sell high. Really? <laughs> I'm going to be selling my tattoos at some point? <laughs> oh, man. Week six? Week Here six? Here we are. We don't stop. Maybe the last we're, week of coronavirus? Would it be a mediocre two guys and two listeners podcast if we didn't address coronavirus? I was I was thinking about it while I was waiting at your door earlier. <laughs> should we talk about it? What should we do? We're in it now. We're not going to um, make any beer jokes. <laughs> Those are overdone. I'm not a mom on Facebook. <sighs> I, thought, I thought anyone who's still on Facebook is a mom on Facebook. I'm a little on Facebook. Are you on TikTok? You're on TikTok. No, I'm not. I get sent them and I enjoy Are you them. substantially too old for TikTok in your mind? I think so. Okay. Yes. I mean, I know there are people my age that do it and use it. I'm just... That's uncomfortable. It's like vaping. I just don't understand it. I've done it a little here and there if a friend was doing it, but... It's a little bit like the 55-year-old at a punk show. Yeah, a little. Yeah. You know, they... like, you're allowed to be there, dude. I'm like, sure, all the power to you. We're full but... of rage and middle age. <laughs> but there's only allowed to be one of you. That's true. Any more than two, it becomes a murder, and then, you know... <laughs> Speaking of murder, uh, a fan brought up to me, we haven't mentioned the Dern murder count in a little bit. We're still at three. <laughs> Unless there was a murder in your film today. Uh, what? Let's not spoil it. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll keep it at three for now. We gotta keep them guessing. Um, so we have a bit of a bummer news update. The goldfish bummer is news. still dead. And, um, the goldfish was actually Jewish. So, Dern has been sitting in Shiva. This is her last day, seven days of Shiva, and uh, she won't be attending our recording. <laughs> it's a real shame, but... I don't, I don't mean to audibly cry um, on the podcast, but I just... Thinking about what she must have gone through this last week. And, you know, the goldfish wasn't born Jewish. It's kind of a Sammy Davis Jr. situation. He, <laughs> he or she converted later in their life. Now... I guess I don't know um, Lady Dern's religious preferences. Is she a Jewish? Is she a Jewish? Is she a, is she a Max, is she a were Jewish? you smoking drugs before this? <laughs> I don't believe she's Jewish. I didn't check for the joke. I think she is either she's not practicing not, right? or That'd Christian. That'd be a fun twist. No, but which one do you think it is? I don't know. You know, we can look it up quick. No, no, no. I'm oh, don't. I'm just no, like as a... You know, a hypothetical. Maybe or a theoretical. She's Let's... Buddhist. I'm going to say, ooh, maybe. Yeah. She's like a big, she is Lisa Simpson in many regards in my mind. She's like a very progressive, smart lady, spiky hair, orange dress, pearls. Can I, can I tell a little digression? Yeah, let's wrap. Um, so I knew someone who knew someone who went to high school with and granted this is all what i heard from the person i knew yes a previous co-worker so hearsay hearsay a couple degrees removed um that she knew someone who knew went to high school with the buxom uh woman from mad men the redhead oh yes i love her i think that's her name yes and i learned this news and my first thought was like Oh man, I bet she's just the greatest because she plays this cool, sexy. It's like in my mind that is who this person is. 
You know, Mad Men will do that to you. It'll make you think all those right? people are those people. And this person said, and granted, hearsay. I understand that I'm not ex- stating this as fact. Nevertheless, what I was told is that what the person I knew's person they knew said about this woman was that she was like a dumb, just like a dummy and like kind of like a, a vapid woman, young woman in high school. You are so legalizing the sub. <laughs> you think we're going to get a cease and desist? I, I just want... No, I don't, because apparently she's a dumb bitch. She wouldn't oh, know how to do it. Whoa! I didn't say it was just International Women's Day. I didn't say it. Maximilian. And I was hurt to learn this hearsay. But then I realized, it's like, oh yeah, I don't know anything about her. All that is to say, are we, and I'm okay if we are, but I think it begs the question, are we putting Laura Dern on a pedestal? Are you implying that what maybe she she's a dummy? And or what if she just... sucks? Or what maybe, if she like... I don't know. I don't think she does. I, what if she litters? Ooh. Can I tell you something? Oh, I no. littered. I littered... Uh, like two weeks ago, it was right when I started my meds, so I'm going to play around that. The cops are going to bang down your door. This is live, you know. <laughs> I just had, I had gotten like a, a Gatorade or something, some <laughs> sugary crap drink. You do, unscrew the lid and just throw it away. When I was going to um, King of Prussia Mall, it felt like a very suburban drink to have. But, yeah. Um, but I already had other suburban drinks because I have to drive to the suburbs for work. In my cup holders. Of course. And then I was like, oh, well, what am I gonna, I'm gonna, like, drive, I don't have a place for this drink. But it wasn't Gatorade, because it didn't have a lid. Whatever it was, it was lidless. And I was like, you know what? It was like, I'm driving down the highway, I just rolled my window down, I was like, oh shit, like, I thought of a solution to this problem. <laughs> and I just, like, hucked one out the window. I swear I've never done that. Wow. But You're here I am. You're a bad man. <laughs> You're in... What if that hit a car? You could have killed someone. No, I, I scout what I'm very good at and have zero um, regret I would do again ten times out of ten. Vehicular manslaughter? <laughs> no, is peeing while driving on a highway, driving cross country by oneself. What is wrong with you? It's, I have a certain amount of time and I'd rather not stop. And I have a very you small You just pull over on the side of the road. No, that is extremely dangerous. Don't pull on the side of the shoulder of the interstate highway if you can help it, Nick, ever. You do not want to be there. That's a dangerous situation. If you stop the vehicle right there, I put it on the one side little, of an interstate. One little before. slip. But if you're driving, you got to do it when there's not much traffic, right? You get in the right lane, drop it down, cruise control if you got it, and this helps. I'm not a small man, or I'm not a large man. So I have, if if I were, if you're are six foot and up listeners, I'd say this isn't going to help you any. But what I do is I sort of stand up like on my toes in the driver's seat. I love that you're doing this for me as well. <laughs> you want like a coffee cup with a wide lid? Yeah. Um, a wide mouth coffee cup and you just sort of like stand up and you just sort of drape it over. <laughs> you hang dong into a coffee cup. A little bit, yeah. And you just and you just kind of stand there until you get it going. You know, with the finger if you got it, you know the tricks. You are astounding me with your level of comfort in your own body. <laughs> oh, just you wait. We should we should move on. Oh, I digress. Okay, so back to your original point that somehow ended on that ghastly yeah. tale. Is Laura Dern bad and we're just viewing her through Maybe discolored glasses? I don't know. 
I think she's good. She's a good lady. She hasn't said the N-word that we know of. I bet she hasn't said the N-word. I think she probably is a good lady. I hope she's a good lady. You know, when she comes on, we can ask her, are you a bad lady? (laughs) Are you bad, Laura Dern? What is your opinion of yourself? (laughs) What is your value judgment of your own character? Anyway, that was a lot. That's how we need to start every episode. Just breaking the big stories. (laughs) So. Oh, God, now I have to talk about this movie. Big Dern! Big Dern! Sorry, Uh, I didn't notice. Nick signaled with his fingers, and I I missed Oh, I signaled. (laughs) Throwing some dirty sign language out there. Don't touch your face with your fingers. Oh, sorry. I I can't speak to my whereabouts. Like, I just, I just shook someone's hand. I didn't touch your hands. And they were like, but you're in my home. Ooh, God. Touch my bed. I, I touch no. these things. Why is this leather chair me? wet? Because I can sweat. I'm doing P90X, Nick. It's very yeah. sweaty workout. You're a fit boy now. I'm trying. Um, but I just saw someone who, I just met them, and I shook their hand, and they said, like, don't worry, I've been, like, clean. Given coronavirus, when your when our listeners are tuning in, yeah, it could have already before, taken out the West Coast before the about a week before the apocalypse. We're coming to you here, and I said to her, I was like, I was like, I can't speak to my workouts. I might have it, so I say that it's on record. If you get it, and it just so happens that you got it from me, sorry. Honestly, I think I'm gonna get it. I'll probably get a shitty flu. I haven't had the flu in years. Yeah, I feel like I'm due for right, food poisoning, but shit yeah. Like that. Alrighty. Big germ. Downsizing. Okay. What was I've it been, like? I've been trying to avoid it. Um, downsizing was my film today. Big, big germ. Oh, big guy. And downsizing is a, an Alexander Payne film from 2017. It premiered at the Venice International Film Festival. Interesting. Because apparently... They no longer show good films at the Venice International Film Festival, or that you can just have a terrible movie and show it at the Venice Film Festival, which is a roundabout way of saying this movie, Nick. I didn't like it that much. Uh, I remember seeing it around the time it came out, and it really broke yeah, my. This spirit. is the first time we've both seen the the Dern material, I believe. It is. I think so. Um. And we both saw it in the theaters, which is interesting. It's one of I don't go to the theaters very often. It's one of the last like five movies I've seen. I actually did not see it in theaters. Oh, I think I watched it in my parents' basement. So it was after after it had been released. Yes, okay. I was referring to its home gotcha. release. Home not release. I saw this movie in the theaters. That's a which bold. Uh, wow. Uh, now I was with my parents you in spent Florida, dollars. and it sounded neat. And, yeah. and for the same reason that it was at the Venice Film Festival, it was this film was directed by Alexander Payne and written by Alexander Payne. What else did he do? Alexander Payne did some great movies and Sideways, which is not a great movie. I'll <laughs> die on that fucking hill. But I feel like people know that. No one, no one actually likes that movie anymore. We just said it was good because it's like wine. It was, it's the perfect metaphor for wine that it seems classy and good. It's like, oh yes, is it? Uh, Paul Giamatti is in this, like, very great film, this small indie film, and uh, it's about wine, and it's wonderful. And then you taste it, and you're like, ah, oh, yes, it's very good. This is a $60 bottle of wine. Mm. And you feel good. 
Um, but it's just because someone told you that, and I feel like that's how he felt about Sideways. It got really hyped. And then you see it, and it's weird. But some great movies. Have you seen Election? I don't know. I don't then think no. so. It doesn't then, sound then you know. Okay. Uh, put, put that in your pipe. Yeah, jot that one right down. In my pipe. That's listeners who, who have seen this film know that Election is a movie for Nick. Uh, Election's wonderful. Do you know about it? I don't know. It is Go Reese on. Witherspoon. Okay. Who will get some Darren action. Big Little Lies. We'll get there. Um, Reese Witherspoon, a young Reese Witherspoon, plays um, a high school student who's like Tracy Flick, I believe, and she's like um, super cutthroat to be school president or class president. Chris Klein's in it, and it's weird, and it's dark, and it's funny, and it's brilliant. It's great. So, highly recommend it. I will look into that. Um, also did About Schmidt, which I love. Jack Nicholson, Kathy Bates, Full Frontal. I haven't seen that, but I know about it. And The Descendants, I loved. George Clooney in Hawaii. Um, family dynamic, Hawaii land stuff. That's the one about selling the big plot of land, right? Yes. I have seen that one. Okay. Yeah. I'm in on and he did state. Nebraska, which I haven't seen. Ah, but he made the state? That's amazing. Wait, is Bruce Dern in Nebraska? Corn? Maybe. Anyway. I should have looked that up. Um, and then he made... So that's why he gets a film... This movie's in a fucking film festival. Because this film does not deserve it on its own merits. You know, I think... I think Shrek might have debuted at Venice. Or played at Venice. <laughs> well, Shrek's amazing. Yeah, so there are still good films. That was the last good film. <laughs> and I'll die on that hill. Yes, please do. Okay, so this movie is... The, the, it's a premise in where a scientist has found out a way to shrink people down to roughly five inches tall. Hilarious. And, well, no, 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 no. Let's, 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 you know, let's tickle this um, conceit a moment. People can be shrunk to five inches tall. Um, okay. And Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig are sort of are like a regular suburban couple. You know, they got some debt. He's got a job. It's not as satisfying. They don't have the nicest house. He drives like an old station wagon. He seems boring. He's like, they're living like a boring, bored life. Um, and then after a scientist has discovered this, now, like a year later, it's now a thing where you can go and live in like, a, you can get trunk and then live in a community and it's supposed to be super environmentally friendly. And, uh, and... Your, your dollar goes a little further. Yeah. Which we'll get into. Okay. Um, so, like, okay, neat. So, they're, they're going to do it. So, right now, I'm, I'm like, okay, is this, this could, this feels like it's going to be, um, off the bat, it feels like it's going to be maybe, like, a critique of consumerism and sustainability and keeping up with the Joneses. It's like, okay, that's good. that can be a movie, right? That's the type of movie that might not be half bad. Feels like it might be a little on the nose, but whatever. Um, and then they go and they get downsized. Or no, before they get downsized. Let's let's get let's get Dern out of the fucking way. Because she's in this movie for 90 fucking seconds. Ugh. So alright, so they're going to get like pitched. It's like a marketing presentation about like downsizing. And it's about how you can, your dollar now goes so much further, right? And so it's like a stage, and there's like a guy giving a, a speech, but they're shrunk. 
and all these people are big in the audience. Yeah. And it's Neil Patrick Harris ah. outside of Good for him. a giant mansion. Small side. Barney Stinson, is that his last name? Or is that, no, that's Barney from, no. Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Dog shit character. I hate him. I think we should all collectively as a society recognize that that is such a trash piece of shit character who should never be celebrated, liked, or portrayed in such a likable way ever again. I think You know, Barney Fife should have been on that show instead. He was still alive, I think, for most of it. Also, Max, would you mind just moving this way a little bit? I just don't want your levels to be low. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're yeah, right. You're I've, been out, I've been out in you, you uh, the squad. You just keep pushing yourself away. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the other room. Um, so, so, Neil Patrick Harris, uh-huh. He he's now this kind of the spokesman salesman doing this bit like, this is a place where everything's perfect. And he's like outside, that's like a dollhouse, but he's also dollhouse size. Yeah. And it's a fucking huge mansion. And he's like, this will cost, you know, uh, anyone can afford this. You, Matt Damon, you shitty, boring, not mega rich guy, you can afford this. And it opens up. And now, and he's got like a Britney headpiece and he's doing a whole like ShamWow. It's like infomercial. Yeah. And then uh, it opens up, the dollhouse opens up, and in one of the corner rooms is Laura Dern in a claw bathtub, claw foot bathtub. And she's got like her blonde hair and she's sort of like sexed up a little bit. She's supposed to be like the hot wife and she's showing off her jewelry and how she got this whole diamond set. <gasps> For how much? He's like, how much was it? She's like, oh, I, you know, I had to get the earrings. And he's like, how much? She's like, how much of my money did you spend? Because it's like these awful, you know. It's yeah. Like, um, and she's like, $83. And everyone's like, oh, make me a little. Um, Just a little interruption. That is the perfect, like, old Hollywood beard bluff couple, Neil Patrick Harris and Laura <laughs> Dern. Like, back when they used to send Liberace out with Betty White to make him yep. look straight, that is... When it was, like, just oh. orchestrated by agents. Like, exactly. they had never met before that date. Yeah. They have a great chemistry. I love what they're doing there. It's true. And, like, they would be the most fun people at the party. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he bangs guys. <laughs> and that's yeah. fine. <laughs> that's fine. My friend once told me, let's, let's get a little gas with it since Ooh. we're on uh, NPH. My friend lived in Malibu and told me he knew where Neil Patrick Harris lived because he'd know shit like that. Yeah. He just, like, gives a shit. Because he's a creep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one time, and it's on, like, the one road to Malibu, and he was driving and, like, was stopped in traffic because there was a giant truck unloading an elephant to Neil Patrick Harris' <laughs> party. Like, of for a party. Nice. And, like, why wouldn't you when you're Neil Pat right? Like, yeah. that's... That's his level. That's where he's at. Spending all that uh, Quite removed from Doogie Howser money. Yeah. <laughs> Still got it. Um, so, then, so they're going to do it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, all right, they're going to get downsized. And, because they kind of, you know, they want it. They want to be, they want to help the environment, because it is, like, going to use, like, a tiny fraction of the waste. But also... Um, they want to do it. It looks like a nice life, a comfortable life. Their friends do it, and it looks real good. And they've got, you know, it's leisurely, it's nice. They have the finer things. They're playing tennis and golfing, and, like, they don't, you know, it's laid back. They have beautiful houses. Um, and they, the procedure is, the, it's like a six-hour procedure. So they get split up, and we see Matt Damon. They shave his eyebrows and his head as part of the procedure. 
which okay, uh, it it does like I realize that Matt Damon without with a completely shaved like fixed head and no eyebrows is is like uncanny valley. Oh, it very it's, much is. I remember that. It's it too smooth. It is a disconcerting, and maybe if like that's what Alexander Payne is trying to do here. If he chose that just to make everybody uncomfortable, then, like, all right, that's a choice. And maybe this movie has slightly more merit than I give. But I'm just kind of humoring it, and it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and it, and then they fast-forward a year, like, right after, so then he has hair, so it's not like it's, like, a major <laughs> plot point. Except that when he comes out of the six-hour thing, he's waiting in the nursing room, and he's, like, um... He's, he's like, where's my wife? She's supposed to be here. And they like get her on the phone. She's like, don't be mad. He's like, what's going on? And she couldn't go through with it. And she said, she goes like, when they shaved my eyebrow and like, I just couldn't, um, I couldn't go through. Like, don't be mad. And like, one of the things I really did like about this movie is that they have her, she's like in a hood and bald. Yeah. And has one eyebrow shaved off, <laughs> which is a, a very funny touch. Nice. Um, and we're never going to see Kristen Wiig again. Aww. So it's like, it's super sad. It's also like top billing, right? It's like, oh, Kristen Wiig. Like, you don't know you're never going to see her again at this point, but it's like, it hits you on the left field. So now you're like, oh, wait, is this like a relationship movie? Is this a romantic comedy? Like, what? Okay. Oh, and before they get downsized, they, they're at a bar with their friends, and there's some drunk guy at the bar, and he's like, oh, you guys are the people getting downsized, right? And they're like, yeah, that's us. And he's like, I don't think they should have the same rights as the rest of us. That's Like, that's his presented as sort of a, you know, what about those others? He's like, I think you should have one-eighth of the votes. And like, okay, interesting theoretical question if we use, is this going to be either A, like, a raising interesting societal questions about such a life, or B, like, a ham-fisted attempt at that, at least, and it'll be about, like, defend, like, the Trumpers are the bad guys in this world, and the little people have to stand up for themselves. I'm gonna let Matt Damon paraphrase what this movie is. Okay. uh, A brief paraphrase from Layden. For like one of the last scenes, Matt Damon says, you know, if someone told me 10 years ago, which for me was two hours ago, but felt like 10 years, yeah, that one day I'd be five inches tall, divorced, check, check, right, we've made it that far, yeah, helping a famous Vietnamese dissident get a new foot while cruising up a fjord in Norway, discussing the end of the world with Jorgen Asbjornsen. I just said he was crazy. <laughs> and Nick, let me tell you, that is exactly what happened in this movie. You don't say. None of the things that seem like they might happen, in what is like a lot of effort put into a setup, there's some serious special effects with the little people, and like, the, uh, you know, it feels like it's got really high stakes, and like, and that's what happens. And it's, it tries to have messages throughout the whole time, and it does not have one. There is not a single, like, coherent thought. It doesn't earn 
any of the loftiness that like it like suggests for a minute and then just completely disregards. Um, testament to how bad this movie is Ooh. is that um, Matt Damon's upstairs neighbor is played by Christoph Waltz. Yes, I remember. And his that. character sucks. That's how bad this movie is. Oh, Christoph. Christoph Waltz, it's such a boring character. Um, Christoph Waltz plays Duchamp, oh, which is funny. Like, he's, he's, you know, him talking. He's, he's like a, a Serbian, um, rich, um, libertine, where the libertine's kind of hedonistic, like, you know, partying, so, fucking, yeah. eating caviar and shit, he, like. His character reminded me a lot of the nihilists from The Big Lebowski. Except but his they were accent like, wasn't as, like... I, f- I feel like, and it's been a while since I've seen the nihilists, but I feel like he's, like, that mixed with, like, two wild and crazy yeah, guys! Yeah, it's a, like a prop comedy nihilist. Yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> and that's what he is, and it's very boring. And his character... So, he's really loud, and... Matt Damon goes up there and he's having a huge party. So like, hey, party! Boring-ass piece of shit. Like, Matt Damon is has no... I am not once given any reason in this movie to give a shit about him. He is just boring, pathetic, like, suburbs dad. He's like, he wears the Dockers, the, like, weird, sad, like, feeling that just creeps over you when you see, like, him totally shaven and, like, almost slug-like because he has sort of, like, a rounded head and no eyebrows it's like it's like sad and like disconcerting like that doesn't go away even now he's got his hair he has nothing to offer as a character which sucks because Matt Damon's great yeah um and Christoph Waltz is great but Christoph Waltz says he's like you know you're kind of a pathetic little man and it's like yeah he is he is a pathetic little man so maybe throughout this movie now that we're randomly just like stupidly thrust in now his path crosses with his character for no reason other than dumb luck maybe he's gonna learn something about it no he's gonna do all the crazy shit I just said and not learn not address the fact that he sucks at all um shout out to the best um short appearance I realized I didn't talk about Darren at all Darren whatever she was great yeah she was there for like a minute a minute nothing uh but another character who I would say is much more memorable and fun on the there for one scene scale. Um, do you know Carrie Kenny Silver? Maybe. Um, I, I feel like we ought to pull up a, a pic so Nick knows. You at home, the listener, go ahead and Google Ken, Carrie Kenny Silver because you don't know her name. Only people who like watch Carrie the state know her name, but you absolutely Silver. know her. Okay, I yes. know her face. This woman. Aww, you all know lady. her face. She's very funny Aww. and she's a. Um, Love her. Yeah, she's like a character actress, and she was oh, on yeah, Reno Nine One One. That's what I know her from. Okay. Yeah, and she was on. She was from the state, which a lot of the Reno Nine One Oneers. Have you seen the state? That I've seems seen like something you would have watched in high school. I haven't seen cool. all of it, but I watch more I state. Used to be cool, not anymore. Yeah, you never won't love it. It's amazing. It's for our listeners at home. It's basically the state is like everybody from Reno Nine One One. And everybody from Wet Hot American Summer, uh-huh. when they were like twenty one and like city kid assholes in New York with a variety show. Shivers, you're giving me shivers. It's amazing. Um, so she's in it as like his boring. It's just one date in his house, like having dinner 
where she's like the very bland, frumpy, boring um, woman he's like dating. Yeah. And it's just like them eating dinner, and she I can't do any of it justice because I'm not like funny, and she's massively talented. She her character in this is just a delight, um, but only there for one scene, and. So, Duchamp, now, she, we get, at one point it's mentioned that a bunch of, uh, like, uh, dangers, like, uh-oh, is downsizing a problem, like, on TV, is that, like, a bunch of Vietnamese people, or people shipped from China, were shipped in a TV box, but they were little, they were downsized people, yeah. to America, and, like, a bunch of them died in this, like, stowaway journey, and... One of them was, like, a dissident who had to get her leg amputated, was a Vietnamese dissident. And, strangely, enough, so that's just, like, a little clip on the news. And, and oh, and another clip, so Carrie Kenny Silver, right, so she says, she says, have you heard about Antarctica? He's like, what? She's like, the methane gas. And he's like, I don't watch the news much. And then you forget about it, because that's like, what? That yeah. makes no sense, and it's not brought up again. Same with, like, the Vietnamese dissident. Like, that happens. You're like, what? Okay, whatever. Um, she is the cleaning lady to Duchamp, and Matt Damon is there because he had a wild night and he did some ecstasy. That, like, someone gave him? Like, no one would give this guy ecstasy at this party. This guy is unworthy of anyone coming up to him. He's just, like, a boring suburbs dad. Like, no, like, manic pixie dream girl. It was, like, a little glaze that the eyes is gonna, like drift up to this man who's just like rigid holding a beer and be like hey baby and like kiss him with ecstasy in her mouth like no why did that happen it makes no sense but it does and one funny bit is like then when he's rolling he just there's like a circle of like people and everyone at this party is like cool and like multiracial and like beautiful you know they're all like jet setter cool people yeah Duchamp types and that's not, and he just comes into the circle. He's like, just looks at them. They're not even. They're having a conversation. That he goes, I think I'm gonna take my shoes off. Like he says it to them. And that was very funny. No, so this movie good. has two very funny moments, and we've covered them. two good bits, <laughs> like interstitials at a yeah. improv show. Uh, no, this is not as good as an improv show. <laughs> Paid five bucks at the UCB. <laughs> Daytime classes like Tuesday afternoon. This is worse, except for, believe it or not, so now we get introduced. Now, that woman, the Vietnamese dissident, is the, the housekeeper for Duchamp. Yes. And she has an abrasive, um, what feels like broken English, it's absolutely broken English, Vietnamese voice, and it feels instantly like... This is gonna be problematic. You're like, this feels so racist. This feels like when, like, a Rob Schneider movie would have an Asian woman, like... That Rob Schneider also played. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of them, I'm specifically thinking of the mom from Crazy Nail, like, oh. at the mall, the, the one token Asian, and her mom's just like, why you no say hi? Like, it's just like, it's awful. Yeah. And that's how her voice seems, like, right off the bat. It's like this aggressive... Um, thing and given how bad this movie is up until this point, <laughs> you're like worried for what the hell is about to happen. Um, this woman is played by Hong Chao. Okay. And Hong Chao 
And I will say, so what this movie does manage to do, and I guess it flips it, because usually, typically, in a not-good movie, this character will have zero depth, right? They will just be a representation of Asian stereotypes. And that's how it seems like it might be. And she's like a cleaning lady, and she's, you know, abrasive, and she talks funny, and she, you know, she's kind of angry and um, sarcastic. But what this movie does is it flips that on its head, where she is the only interesting character, and Hong Chao is unfucking believable and this character rules and it is the one seriously really really great thing about this movie is this character and most of that's on Hong Chao some of it's on the writing uh, but so much is on this actress and hopefully you know Hong Chao if you've seen the new Watchmen where she plays Lady True um, where she plays like an Asian American billionaire kind of villain, super villain-y type, maybe. You know, you learn motivations and stuff as you go. Um, But she's like a powerful tech billionaire. And she's incredible in that, completely different. And what I hope you know her from would be as Pickles, and I learned her last name because I googled it, a plenty from BoJack Horseman. Nice. Who is... Do you, do you know Pickles of Plenty from Bojack Horseman? I'm familiar. Okay. I have a passing familiarity. Mr. Peanut Butter's girlfriend. Um, and that is a completely different character. So these are the three things I know Hong Chao from. Good for her. She's great. She's got fucking range. And so this character, um, part of what's fantastic is I've got to assume that this voice, though it's like, um, you know, aggressive and over the top, is... is accurate and doing justice, I assume, given, like, how well she attempts to portray this character, that I've got to assume she is, and I assume she is, um, Vietnamese-American, uh, or Chinese-American, and familiar with this, like, it, I would be surprised if that weren't the case. Yeah. Um, and she, and so the depth they give her is, one, that they, like, have her in the movie at all, and kind of, and give, let, put, point the spotlight at her starting at this point, which is great because Matt Damon sucks. <laughs> but oh, so Matt Damon was an occupational therapist when he was normal sized. So he sees she has a fake leg and she's like hobbling, and he's like, "Hey, let me take a look at your prosthetic." Then he realizes who it is, and like Matt Damon's obsessed. Like they like back, they reverse into this like, oh, this guy who like decided to do this thing, and then his life instantly like got destroyed when his wife abandoned him in this fucking insanely traumatic moment is also, like, in love with the history of, like, downsizing and, like, he remembers the dissident woman and little Ronnie, the first baby who was born there, who's, like, a hip, like, partying guy at the party. Um, like, a hip partying teen. And, like, wants to go see the Norwegian colony that started it all. It's like, he doesn't earn that giving a shit about any of this. But he does. So he's like, oh my god. Uh, I know who you are. And so now she enlists him to help all the people. She basically lives in the slums. Which again, now, okay, maybe we're doing that sort of class dichotomy, how the other half lives. Even when they're small, there's still like this clear sort of dystopianism or inequality. Um, Okay, yeah. And she wants him to help all the sick people. And so she's a very, um, one thing I love about her character is it's very empathetic and very believably empathetic, um, and, like, passionately so, where she is, like, a militant. She was, like, an activist and was shrunk as punishment. That's what it was. And that's all you don't really learn about the whys there. But she embodies that, and she gives a shit, 
he's like, she's like, you need to come like help my friend. Uh, takes him to the slums. They take the bus, and it's um, a Spanish-speaking woman who's dying of cancer, and like she doesn't speak Spanish. She barely speaks English. She also does not speak Spanish, and nevertheless is like helping this dying woman. And he's like, you need medicine, and she doesn't know which medicine. She just like takes it all from Duchamp, but she's kind of and he like Matt Damon sees her kind of stealing. Yeah. She's like, oh, he lets me, and you never quite find out if that's true, but like. Later, she's cleaning out the fridge, and she's he's like, we're going to go away for a while, like, take it all. Like, she's, like, willing to step up and be like, I'm going to take these things. And people are sort of like, yeah, like, she stands up for, like, what's needed. She's not, like, a thief, but she's kind of just, yeah. like, taken. And his character seems very much like a wealthy to the point of abandonment kind of person. Like, yes. take it. It yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. Yeah. It means nothing to him. And he probably, um, he was probably, like, just barely rich when he was normal-sized, and he got shrunk down and just went. Big. Yeah, and that's that's exactly the vibe you get. He's like he talks about how he's like smuggling like caviar and cigars and shit um, in miniature because like he's like cornering that market. So yeah, he had, like the top luxury goods corner, which doesn't seem like it would be the case given that the first thing you see is like what would be like a twenty-five million dollar mansion. Like oh, this one guy thought to like introduce tiny caviar. Like okay. <laughs> um... But actually, for no reason, apropos of nothing, fish and shellfish are the only things that don't shrink properly. I thought you were going to mention that fish was in this movie, and I forgot. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember fish being in this movie. Are you insane? Fish is not in this film. Damn. So, other than that, like, I guess that is something in the prose column. <laughs> so, sorry, I know this is long and rambly, just like this movie. No, this movie's a nightmare. Keep going. <laughs> uh, so, Duchamp, speaking of that, that's what he does. He says, he now, so now Matt Damon is helping. He's like, I'll come back with more medicine. He's helping all these sick people. And now he's like working for her. And Duchamp thinks well, that's very funny. He just laughs at him for having like a whore's job, basically. Jeez. And so he's like, sometimes these moments where he's, you know, he's a fun, likable character. It's Christoph Waltz and he's fun. Yeah. Um, and, but like, he does that and you're like, what a shitty reaction. Like, that's not even funny. Um, so it's like, wait, does he suck? <laughs> and, but he sticks along, and nothing changes about his character. Right, again, no... In fact, Hong Chao is not only the only interesting character, she's the only character in this movie, and that she is the only one who goes through anything. <laughs> and so now, Christoph Waltz and Matt Damon come to her, and he's like, hey... I need, like, I'll help you with your foot and, uh, you know, help get you more medicine and stuff and be doctor for, you know, um, the poor people, but I've got to go on a job with Christoph Waltz to Norway. And he's just, she's like, what, like, you, why you go? Like, what, how long are you going to be? And it's like 10 days. And she's like, she's really, like, hurt by this. And... Um, and he says, and like, he's like, no, I have to. And it's like, why? You don't even, this is the viewer's introduction to the fact that he's doing this. Yeah. Is now all of a sudden, it's like, he meets this woman, he like develops this relationship and attachment where now they're going to like do this thing and setting the course for direction. And he just goes, no, I'm doing another thing that makes no, that is not at all related to that thing we were just doing this whole time at all. And, you're, and you have no reason to. It's like, one, he's being kind of a dick, where she's being nice to him and, like, gave him a job 
and like he's building this like sense of community and doing good shit. And he's like, no, I have to go here. So this guy is like a rich asshole. And you don't have a reason why. Like, maybe if he was, in fact, really desiring that, like, finer things, and, like, that was a part of, like, he was really chasing that American dream and saw it in Duchamp, they could have done that. They don't, not at all. He has no motivation for doing this, but he's just like, I'm doing it. And then she, because she's only the only one with motivation, um, says, she's like, okay, I go with you because I need to meet the, the guy who created Downsizing because he wrote me an amazing letter when I was in prison and shrunk and lost my leg and, like, had nobody. And, like, I have this, like, intimate, like, I need to meet this guy. This is my opportunity for going there. And in her being awesome is, like, I'm going. And they're like, wait, no, no, no. It's just, like, the three of us. Like, we're not taking the one-legged woman, like, who doesn't serve a role here. We just need one more for the job. And she's like, I'm going. And they're like, all right. Which is what she's <laughs> so good at. She just... She sees what she wants and she gets it. Nice. Cool. She's a badass. Love her. And so they go. Get this. Guess guess what the job is that Christoph Waltz and like the other guy who's like sort of his partner in crime have uh, to do. I've seen this too, but I'm not. Is it is it a smuggling thing or? You know why you might not remember? Why? Because they, we they, never oh find my out. God. It never again Ugh, does that come that up. That is infuriating. We have no idea. No part of this movie, other than that line, is about the job they'll be doing there. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Alexander Payne, what happened? What's going on, man? Maybe, like, did the fan get to him? Maybe he just mailed it in. Who knows? He fucking mailed it in so hard. And this cast, man. Like, wow. This could have been something. It's swinging for the fences, but, like, not even remotely close to, like, not, like, Oh, I see how they could have landed it and they didn't. It's like, how could they not like sit there and look at what they have and be like, oh, we made an awful, nonsensical piece of shit from top to bottom. Oh, <laughs> so they go to Norway and they, so they meet Jurgenos Bjurgensen, the creator of Downside. And, like, those, that, you know, scientist who started this all, it's just, now he's just talking to Matt Damon, guy who hasn't earned any of this in his life, because he's just, like, a boring, shitty guy. Just Burb's dad. Like, fucking, talk about, like, white privilege, that, like, this guy gets to be in the company of, like, badass Vietnamese dissident, like, cool fucking jet setter, like, partier, and, like, most acclaimed scientist in the world, and Docker's dad, who has nothing to offer and isn't a dad. Like, just like, and fucking uh, this guy who stands for nothing. <laughs> oh, who has nothing to talk about, who isn't cool, who fucking sucks, has no point of view. Oh, and he's with them. And so then what develops, and I'm super glad it is, this I really liked, um, so Matt Damon and Hong, Hong Chao, I forget her character's name, I did not write that down. Oh, Nak Lan Tran is her name. Um, which I like because it feels like a very Vietnamese name. It's like yeah. three names, it's not the easiest to say. It's not like, it's not like usually, if someone gets signed a name, it's usually like Ms. Wong. Or like <laughs> Hong Chao, which happens to be this actress's name, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, and they, so she is a one-legged woman and Matt Damon is... Um, massaging her nub 
And they do a cool shot where they get a woman with a leg that looks like it could be Hong Chao's, with uh, cut off right below the knee, as hers is described. Um, so that was cool that it's they went through that some effort. hot amputee action. No, but he's, he's massaging it, because he's like yeah. a caring, alright, this is the one thing. Now he's like starting, it's like, alright, alright, Matt Damon, I'm starting to, you're like caring, you're giving a shit, and you're like tender. And she's making eyes, and we can see he's looking down, but we see her eyes, and she's making eyes, and you're like, oh shit, are they gonna, like, is this gonna be a thing? And you want it to, because she fucking rules. Yeah. And like him, you're like, whatever, but like, alright, like, if that's what she wants, and she clearly wants it, it's like, cool. Um, and she's an amputee, which is like, cool, like, talk about representation, I can't think of, oh, coming home. Oh, great box eating scene. Who is it? Two old legends of the silver screen. Um, we'll look it up afterwards. Okay. Um, yeah. You'll you'll know both of these actors. Oh, John Voight. Oh, okay. You see back from the war. Nice. And, shit, I want to say like Jane Fonda or someone. Maybe not, but someone, we'll look it up. Nice. Um, and it's hot as hell, and he's an amputee. But in this, she's an amputee. And they don't have a sex scene, so this, thank God this movie couldn't, for the life of it, have a good sex scene. But they kiss, and then it's presumed that they have, or they even say they have sex. Um, and so it's like, yeah, all right, that's cool. I'm like, I'm, I'm into that, and like, didn't quite see it coming. Um, that was the one good decision this movie made. Except, undercut only by the fact. So this woman is, it's like, why you gotta do this? So she's there, she's making eyes, right, and he's looking down. And so you know, you're like, you see it, you're like, oh, she's making eyes. And he, and then she closes her eyes, like in massage, kind of comfort, eyes closed. And then he kisses her while her eyes are closed. And it's like, why not? Like, come on, why? Don't, guys, if you're going to kiss someone for the first time, don't do it when their eyes are closed. Yeah, that's weird. That's fucking weird. And she's like... Well, and he's immediately like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, like, I didn't mean, and she's like, kind of like, no, get over here, like, I like <laughs> weird cowboy. And it's like, yeah, it's only weird, because you did it when her fucking eyes were closed. If you did it when she was looking at you, it would have been very obvious that she was 100% on board with that. But you don't know that if her fucking eyes are closed. Gross. And so it's just like, even when they get it right, they fuck it up. Get that shit, if you make dog shit movies, don't put that in your dog shit movie. That's all. <laughs> Um, do you have anything else to talk about? Okay. Oh, right, so then, oh, the scientist was like, well, the methane gas from Antarctica is gonna kill us all. Okay, great, great plot point. Now we're all gonna die. Guess what? Here we have a vault in this idyllic, perfect community that Matt Damon wanted to see, even though he has no real connection to and shouldn't actually give a shit about, um, and comes from an awful traumatic time of his life. No, he wants to go be there with the vault, and, like, there, that's where they, everyone on the planet's gonna die except them in the vault. And, like, he's like, I'm going in the vault. And he's like, I want you to come with. And she's like, I can't go. And Deshaun's like, I fucking go. Like, I'm partying here. Like, whatever. Um, and she, and so he, like, goes down the vault, and then he runs back. They have this goodbye. Um, he runs back, then he goes with them, and then they go back to the slums, and he's helping, like, the old guy in a wheelchair that he was helping an hour and a half earlier. And, and then I guess they all die? I guess? Um, like, oh, and to her credit, when he's like, no, I'm going to the vault, before he, you know, 
double takes and runs back out of the vault just in time while they're waiting is he goes to kiss her and she rebuffs him because like yeah and she was just before that was talking about like how great it was and how much and i liked that that they were willing to have this like we love each other parting like we really did care and he thinks he has to do this again not because he earned that you know conviction they just decide to give it to him um and they have this loving tender moment goodbye it's tender as it is in this fucking movie um and then he goes for the kiss and she like rebuffs him again cool choice microcosm in uh, well it was awful it was an awful movie i'm so glad hong chow got this character i'm so angry that laura dern was in it for the amount of time she was because i this this movie is like walking uphill <laughs> And listening to somebody describe it, no offense. How, yeah, how was that for you? It it listening to you was how I imagined it was when I did my first few like full length films. <laughs> it was just rambling a lot, and like there's no way to talk about this movie without rambling because it's it's a monster. I'm glad you've seen it. No, I'm glad I know what you're talking about. I hope at least one other person of our 15 person audience will understand as yes. well. Don't you love that we're saying 15? Like, we have 15 listeners. No, it, we're getting we about doing? 15 downloads. Yeah, we're on the up and up. Oh, I didn't know people were out there. Yeah, we have over big, 50 downloads at mass. Uh, big shout out to the listeners. Yeah, I didn't know there were I thought it was just Mike Brolin. I wasn't going to be like, Mike, yeah. I mean, what's up, Mike? He came to the bar the other night, and he looked at me in the eyes and said, can I say WAP? Because he was making Italian jokes about me because I'm Italian. And I was like, well, if you can say it in a question about it, you probably can say it. <laughs> anyway, he'll tell me about anyway, that. Anyway, sure. can we please go between two oh, dirts? Oh, let's get between two dirts. Here oh. we are. Wow. Fudge. I'm going to need you to like stretch this one out. No, I'm... I realized that the person who isn't doing the big dirt always starts a little dirt uh, between two dirts. No, we don't. We always switch it. Well, let's switch it up. But we always switch. We always do either. No, or. no, no. We have yeah. I, our, our our astute listeners will know. I believe this is the case that we've always followed up big dirt. But the first person in between two dirts is the person who's little dirt. We've always, so we've always back and forth. You know, I've never been conscious of that, but I'm glad somebody's I mean, paying attention. Yeah, you worry about the sound and where I'm rolling away to. Like, I got, I got that transition, that one transition. Man, our, our intern's supposed Nick's to be writing this stuff the, down. has got the art, the music, the <laughs> recording. I'm like, the one transition between, like, turn between two turns. Here we go. Nick, what's between your turns? I'll start. Well... We, we're recording this a little early this week, so we kind of just met a few days ago. You don't need to know. It doesn't matter. You know what? Whatever. I love our listener. Um, so I watched, last night I was, I didn't feel like cooking, and I started watching all these videos about like really good like steak dinners and meals and like binging with babish and stuff like that. And I wanted like a like a steak meal of a movie. I wanted a movie that wasn't good for me, but would make me feel real warm and full and like that listful after a big steak meal kind of feeling. So I watched Goodfellas. I watched a good. It is like big. It is like it's it's good, but it's not good for you. But like it's good. You know what? What's his face? What's the guy in that? That's crazy. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, not every. Is it Joe Pesci? No, the other guy. Um, like the lead guy in Ray Liotta. Yeah, I've heard he's like a maniac in real life. Can I can I tell a secondhand Ray Liotta oh, story? Please. How do you? <laughs> I ran into him once. In Brooklyn. No, my friend. Yes. Um, probably doesn't listen. If he does get back to work, 
slacking it, phoning it in on the job. Um, but his father owned a delicatessen in New York City. Very nice. I like he, a good deli. Like high school or maybe like shortly thereafter, around that age, my friends work in the deli by himself, um, closing up, and he closes, and this guy is hammered, banging, like, kind of like, come on, man, get it, or he closed up, you know, banging on the door. I know where this is going, too. And he, like, and he's like, yeah, sorry, we're closed, you know, and the guy's kind of like, you know, gesturing, like, come on, like, please, you can tell, normally you wouldn't go and, like, open and say uh, something. I feel like this is Christmas Day. But he feels compelled to. And the guy's hammered, and it's, like, the afternoon, as I recall. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, please, man. He's like, all right. He's like, well, let me get you a sandwich. He's like, orders a sandwich. And he's like, hey, kid, uh, you ever see Goodfellas? And he's like, no, actually, I haven't. He's like, go home and watch Goodfellas. And it was drunk, <laughs> drunk Ray Liotta. That is... And he gave him, like, 20 bucks for a second. Okay, I feel bad saying he's a maniac. Maybe he's a nice guy, but I love that. Does that fit your understanding of this man? No, I've just heard he's a very violent man. Okay. But, I don't know, that's a very char... Like, that, telling that to somebody, like, have you ever seen yeah. Goodfellas? And the person says no, and he's just like, you should go watch it. Like, that's a very funny way to mm -hmm. be super famous. Yeah. I love that for him. So yeah, I had my nice steak dinner of a movie, Martin Scorsese, much better than uh, The Irishman. And uh, then I thought I would do something a little more, a little more, I don't know, something else. I see you have can, a point, can, though. Can I, Please interject. Do you, do you think, there probably are, and this blows my mind, people, I will discount people who are super young and saw Goodfellas, like, one time when they were, like, 11 because their dad had the DVD. Yeah. Right? It's like, all right, you haven't really, really seen Goodfellas yet. Um, but people, adults, who have seen both as an adult Goodfellas and The Irishman, who think The Irishman is better. I mean, I'm sure they exist, but like, I don't know. I'm sure it's people that just like, whenever Netflix has a new thing out, that's the thing they're going to be talking about yeah, for a week. They, and they say like, this is the best thing ever. They really liked Bird Box. Exactly. Like, when Adam Sandler did his first, like, serious Netflix movie, The Cobbler, people were like, that person was like, oh, he's, he's an amazing dramatic actor, he's just Shoemaker, and the other guy shows up, you know. Buscemi's You make me glad I didn't see that one. I actually did enjoy it, but, like, yeah. I liked, you know, I liked of, of his movies recently up to that point, I think it was far better than, like, the dip of, like, the movie where he played his own sister and stuff like that. <clears throat> It was bad. They were bad. Anyway, um, so I did this, and then I thought, hey, I'm going to watch Dracula, the new Netflix series. It's three parts. Each one's a, basically a feature-length film about Dracula. It is incredible. It was, my boss told me about it. It's real good. It's based on, like, the Bram Stoker story, and then he's on a boat, and then he's in modern times, and Van Helsing is here and there. It's incredible. It has very gay overtones the entire time, which I love. One second. And Claw's, um, Claw's... Bang, I think his name is, plays Dracula in it. Very charming Danish actor, very handsome. He's a very charismatic, he has like a lot of little quibs throughout it. He's very witty. Love the whole thing. Great series. Watched it in less than 24 hours. I would suggest it worth anything. How many apps? It's three episodes. Each of them are about an hour and 15, hour and a half. They're very good though. Like. How, how good is that medium? The, the new, I feel like I saw my first one, uh, couple months ago maybe and now i've seen like three different things that are the three 
hour and 15 minute long episode. Yeah, and like, fuck with British cats. TV's a lot like that. That Aaron Hernandez one that wasn't, that was okay, but Don't Fuck With Cats is really good. That one's there. But I like that, I like that size. That's, yeah. That size of uh, television. It's nice. Yeah. It's refreshing. Because you, I feel like you can do it in one shot, and you're not gonna hate yourself if you do. Like, you'll feel pretty good about, like, right? If you start and finish a season in a day. Oof. And friends, haven't we all? Haven't we all? Maybe, hopefully it's been a minute, but we've all done it. There's no shame. We, we're all in this together, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. It does Ooh. not. Even if you love it, because, like, you're, you, you're, like, three episodes. It's sort of like, yeah. Like, after that, it's diminishing returns. You want to keep going. Um, this it feels good. It's a good-sized unit, so I'm excited. Yeah. No, and I would check even... If you just see the first one you don't like this much, you can give it up. And you're like, I just watched a short movie, basically, and whatever. Sure. It's nice. So, uh, what's between your derms this week? <laughs> I love that joke. Anyway. Almost quite literally, Nick. Because as you said, it's been a couple days. I haven't had time to do much. That's fair. But what I did have time for... <laughs> what is that thing you just pulled out of your pocket and threw up like a cowboy has a big coin? Were the coins big? I mean, like, you know, like a big metal coin. You, it was like a nickel. You flick it on the bar like, I want seven days of housing. <laughs> is there like an old, was there like an old western trope where like, you could tell like kind of how badass the dude was? <laughs> just like a novelty, like six inch diameter coin. Like those big ones you could get at the mints? Yeah, those. <laughs> are those smelling salts? What are those? Oh. Are those This drugs? are, this is the best kept secret. I have ever. So you talked early at the top, you said, was revealing my comfort in describing my body. Oh, no. Oh, Nick, yes. Can you describe these for the, for the listener? So we'll, we'll take one unit. It's four capsules, but now he's just holding one. There's like a puffy part in the middle, the size and shape of a large bullet. It looks like a smelling salt thing, but it's metal. I don't know what this is. Are these like poppers, but like on the go? Oh, he's opening it. Oh, I'm so upset. Uh, what is it? This right here. Oh, is that a... Oh, oh, no. This is... Uh. And I want our listeners to know, there is no shame. If you are struggling with hemorrhoids, uh. or if you are not struggling with hemorrhoids, you just want, and you just want to feel... Let me describe this. What I'm holding is a Preparation H knockoff Rite Aid brand. Match. Always get the generic. Um... Suppository for hemorrhoids, ah. and it's what well, you did. I, I get to pop these up my butt, Nick, and I started two days ago. I don't like that you, you opened it and you're holding it as if you're going to do one in front of me. <laughs> no, you're gonna. So it's like don't chew on it. <laughs> no, it's like uh, chapstick. Yeah, okay. It's ninety-eight percent cocoa butter or something, <laughs> and like tiny percent like hemorrhoid reducer. Great, exactly what I need. You pop these in there. My neck, my first bowel movement, Nick. It was the smoothest. It's basically these <laughs> melt inside your asshole and just line your colon with cocoa butter. So then when you shit, it's just like whoop. It's just like ah. It's oh, like this. I I hope uh, solves my hemorrhoid issue, but like 
I don't know why I would stop. I gotta check online. Like, is there an issue from like, you know, long term use? Uh, cause wow. And don't don't get the cream. They have cream. No, I'm not looking for a rimmer here. Get the real deal. Get up in there. It'll change your life. Everyone, you got roids. You don't have roids. I can't recommend them enough. I don't, honestly, this is such a treat. I don't pity your therapist because you're telling me and the public these things. I can only imagine the things you tell her. Put that back in the middle. Pop, so that you're gonna pop it in real quick for old times' sake. <laughs> it's wow. a bit of a to do. <laughs> You know, it's it's a ten minute ordeal. <laughs> no, I just have a little ritual, light some candles. <laughs> it's basically a candle melt that you shove into your butt. <laughs> yeah. I, is there any drippage? No, let me. Okay, so oh, no, not really. No. Okay, good. When you uh, you get a little, you get a little like floating oily wax on the surface when you uh, great relieve yourself. Since you asked, I was done describing this, but you kept going. But. Like, uh, putting our, you know, societal norms aside and, like, our just inherent, like, discomfort at the idea, perhaps. Doesn't that sound nice? It does sound nice. It's pretty nice! Wow. How am I gonna fucking compete with that? <laughs> well, Nick, what have you been uh, putting inside of yourself? Right? Okay. Three, two, one. Little Dern! That's what I've been putting inside of myself. No. Okay, so this week I had the good fortune to continue my little Fockers endeavors because I got chosen to do the Little Fockers deleted scenes, which I could not find publicly available, but instead I watched a behind-the-scenes reel of clips and interviews, which I'm going to put in its place because it contains Laura Dern material, it's a minute longer, and I refused to buy a copy of this just to watch the deleted scenes. So, for those, you know, real, real Fokker fans at home, yeah. don't, we know, like, we, we know. don't, it's not gonna be the same, don't but. add us, like, this will be a good substitute for the, yeah. the handful of you that have not yet seen the deleted scenes, we understand it is a coveted collector's item that we were unable to obtain at this time, Nick, please continue. So yeah, I'm not going to add this to my list of things that I will do an episode on later when I find it, but I do have to bring up that there was- The a fact that you're bringing that up, like, if they, if they really, you know, rise up, if the, the, the Twitter, Twitterverse, right, the Durnverse really rises up against you, you might have to, like, I would just discourage you from bringing that up, just, like, avoid the issue, but when you say, like, I will not be doing that, then, you know- they can they get the pitchforks out. We've had this happen before. We had to shut down the Facebook group. <laughs> what are you talking about? The inmates ran the asylum. Oh, man. calm down. The dirtbags were out of control. Uh, you know what? I want. I will take any wrath this brings me. If any of you out there want to send me ten dollars so I can buy a copy of the movie Damage Care, we'll do a special <laughs> on it. Anyway, so. This clip, I had a real good time. I learned that the third movie in this franchise had a different director because the original one was done after two, which is fair. Um, this director, his name is Paul Wheats, Wetz. You may know him from the American Pie film. I think he directed more than one. Oh. He's a director. He makes movies. I like those. And some others, but that's like the big one. And, you know, uh, Dern is in it for maybe two minutes. It's a 15-minute little blur, but it's nice. Talks about all the actors. They all talk. Uh, Robert De Niro is apparently a very nice man when you're doing comedies with him. Because he does a lot of serious stuff, and he likes to play around with funny things, too. Um, there's a lot of people in this movie, a lot of them speak in this. 
Um, the director refers to Turn as the schoolmistress, which I'm not a huge fan of. Just He says it in a weird way. Like he didn't know what to say. Oh, her character. She's like a, the dean of the school, but he calls her the schoolmistress, and I was like, weird, but okay. Did he call her a marm? No, I wish, God, I wish he would have. Um, so let me say that in the interview, which is clearly taken on set at the school, she has the prettiest hair. It looks so soft and well done. And I like to think she just did it herself, and they were like, Dern, you're perfect. Don't change. <laughs> um, but yeah, she has a little thing where she says um, that this movie is fresh, but it has everything you want. And I agree. Because I, I thought it was a very good movie, even though it's like a later third movie in a franchise, which is a thing that can get dicey here and there. Like, you know, Shrek the Third wasn't as good as the second or first, but... And then on the other hand, Cars the Third was much better than the second, and I'd say equal with the first, so that's all I gotta say about that. Um, the director said about Miss Dern that she was hilariously judgmental, and hey, everybody loves a Rickles. Everybody loves a little, a little jab here and there, a little, a little poke. Wait, hilariously judgmental. Which I, I'm interested because, like, I think he's referring specifically to her thing about thinking that Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller were gay. Oh, uh, okay. But like, not judgmental in a negative I way. I thought he meant like, like her, the actress on set. No, but, like in a fun way. Like in like she was sort of like. Yeah, I, she did say she had fun with it though. She said like she got to be like a liberal hippie kind of lady, and she almost implied that like it was a caricature of herself, and I enjoyed that. That she pretty much just got to be herself and do her job, and I wouldn't say, we said mail it in in the last episode, which might have been a thing, but also, like, you know, she enjoyed herself. She had fun at her job, and that's what matters for her two days on set, probably. And yeah, um, there's really not much else I have to say about this. Um, was a brief little clip. I got to see, um, the guy from Mean Streets that was in the movie... I don't know his name. He was in he was in Mean Streets with Robert De Niro and he was in this movie. He's like an older tough guy. He was the fixer in Pulp Fiction. Harvey Keitel. That guy, yes. He's in this very briefly. He's like a construction like union guy. And like him and Robert De Niro have a little scuffle. They talk about him being in the movie. And they talk about how he had a crush on the director's mom when they were both younger. And that's why he was in the movie, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That was okay. weird. It was a like, nice little tidbit, but like, I was a little like, okay, Aww. so like this guy wanted to bang your mom, so he's in your movie. That's cool. <laughs> that's Hollywood, I guess. But yeah, you know, everyone talked about it being the third. They talked about the kids. Apparently, they were both very nice to work with. I've heard working with kids on Hollywood sets can't always be the best thing. Ooh, yeah. But like, you know, I guess they were old enough that... They because were they traumatized by their life experience. Yeah, exactly. They're, they are consummate. They <laughs> call them, no one needs that kind they, of energy. They refer to the girl as a consummate professional, and I was like, wow, that child has been broken by the yes. system. Uh, good for her, though. So, yeah. <laughs> good for her. Loves cocaine. Um, you know, I hate to cut it short, but that's really all I got. All right, well, we can, it was we a can short, milk it was that a little minutes. bit. minutes. I mean, what am I going to do? So... Uh, what did you learn from Dern this week? And hold her... on, hold on. I ain't done oh, the... I'm I sorry. Ain't... You're not getting off the hook. No, I had some more bits, but go ahead. Drill I need. I need you to really, like, chew on this. Like I'm not <laughs> chewing on your suppository, but... <laughs> this little fuckers oh, extra. Little I do, fuckers. I did just have the thought. I thought, as you were describing this, I thought to myself, man, this existing is completely fucking useless the, that medium that like extras of like who gives a shit and then like cause it's never 
it can never be like truly honest because it has to be like what the studio okay is. Yeah. But it's like you've got to do like an interview where you're like, it was fun, everyone was great, <laughs> and like you know, there's nothing honest about it, whether that's true or not. And I realized I'm like, oh well, we don't have DVDs really anymore. Yeah. If if it's all online, do those no longer need to exist, or will those still? Is that still going to be in the contract, and are those still going to like get filmed? I think it's a thing that'll still happen because, like, if I were to have bought an online copy, I would have gotten all the bonus do you still features. Get that? Yeah, I like pretty mm, much any bonus. Steal a lot. Ooh, sinner. <laughs> um, another another little thing that I just remembered. Um, I think it was the director. He was talking about how like Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson are very good together because they've done a lot of work together. They understand each other's comedic styles. And I think it was Owen Wilson asked the director, why do you think we work so well together? And the director is like, I think it's because you're polar opposites. And Owen Wilson was like, what are you talking about? We're both left-handed. And it was just like, <laughs> it was like I could imagine being there and hearing him say yeah. that live, like, huh. <laughs> nice. Good. He's, he's sharp. Just like the Muppets, they're all left-handed. Really? Most of them. I think Jim was left-handed, and that's the reason. And you're a southpaw. This I'm is, a southpaw. You mentioned this. I, I shopped at the left door. I last episode, or avid listeners will know. I, so I'm, I'm a sort of a left-handed mulatto, if I may. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I may a, not. That's a phrase you can use. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> um, don't well, Papa John this podcast, Max. Allow me to explain. Or case, or that was, shack that was the word, I, that was the descriptive word I learned in elementary school to describe mixed-race people was mulatto. That was yeah, in our textbook. It's weird <laughs> to mix that with my own reference. <laughs> But I, <laughs> I write with my right hand. Yes. I do wrist work with my right hand. Okay. You know, you know I'm saying. You know, right, right hand's pop, got the suppositories. Pop those posies up there. I'm with you. Pop those posies. And, uh, but I throw a baseball with my left hand. I bowl lefty. So it's like this right here, wrist, right handed. This, left handed. I get that because, and, like, I brush my teeth with my right hand. Oh, I think there's a few things I do with my right hand, but I'm mostly left-handed. What about racket sports? Ah, which one? Which okay, one's I, got I, the swing? I bat left, like baseball, okay. but I think I'll sometimes do a right-hander for like a racquetball or. Yeah, a I feel like because that can be its own. I do sort of an ambidextrous. But like, if you were to throw something at me, I think my left arm is the one that goes up. Like, my brain is left-minded for sure. Right. Okay. Weird, Good. I like to, you know, I like it's. It, it is honestly, it's tough for me because I'll tell people. Oh, it's hard to be like, a lot. I understand. I'm that. left-handed. It's like I don't have a tribe because then the people are like, "Oh, well, you're left-handed." Then I'm like, "What? Well, right?" With my right hand, they're like, "You're not left-handed." But it's like, but I'm not just a right, righty, righty guy either. You know. It must be hard to be the minority that you are. <laughs> I'm really sad for you. I'm also Sicilian. Oh my God, Sicilian! Oh, I wonder how they're doing relative to the rest of the country. <laughs> Just in general, not coronavirus. What's Sicily? No, like? is the island okay? Like, what's going on there? Sicily's coming up, baby. You know Mainland's like a boot. Cause it kicks fucking ass. Hey, anyway. Hey, hey. that was. Oh. You just denigrated my people. Where the ass? That's where the posies go, man. God. What'd you learn about Dern? Your own language here. I, I see you're done with your tirade about what Dern taught you this week. 
Um, I'd say pretty much um, enjoy your job and be yourself, because that's what she did. And hey, she probably made a cool like million on this movie. Good for her. She did not make a million though. This movie, the actual budget was not reported, but it was an estimated budget of one hundred million dollars. And I have to imagine Laura Dern made like a cool million. Okay. Because you know, at all, maybe not. Maybe like I don't know what kind of budget, what kind of money you give those people. But she's a big name. This was 2010. She was big. It's true. You know, Kevin Hart was in this movie, too. I'm sure he didn't make a million. Kevin Hart definitely made a million. Maybe, I don't know. It was, that was, like, pretty early in Hart, though. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he, he like... He wasn't quite he, selling out football stages. He took, stages he took that yet. for a quarter mil, so he could do Jumanji for, like, 80 million dollars. Oh, no. Yeah, now he's raking in 10 million a movie easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, what about you? What did Dern teach you? What did I Dern? learn about Dern this Diamond week? earrings, yes. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Good. Nothing at all. Um... I learned she was in a bad movie. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's happened before on this podcast. <laughs> News break, Laura Dern was in some bad movies. Yep. Wow. <laughs> what do we, uh... So. What do we got next week? Before I get into that, I would just like to say something that I realize a lot of other podcasts do and we have never done. Um, if you like our show, you should share it with your friends. You should review it, subscribe, like, do all the stuff, follow us on the social needs. Because, you know, we want other people to hear this. We want input. We want we want some discussion. We want a little pushback. Yeah, like, to be clear, in case it wasn't obvious, and, like, I gotta assume it was, like, we're, we're, we're shooting at the hip a little. Yeah, yeah try, you know, we're, we're, we're not making money on this. We're new to the game. This is for the people. <laughs> this is for the people. We don't want to just We do hear... have the Patreon exclusive. <laughs> We don't want to just hear ourselves talk. I mean, we love to, but we want other yeah. people to um, tune in. So if you, if, uh, let us know what you like about it. Let us know what you think could be improved. And, like, we're not going to improve that, but we'll, like, consider it. We'll I talk about your concern. We're willing to steamroll the format. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we're not married Angus. If you guys aren't feeling Dern, like, let us know who's in right yeah, now. Yeah, we'll Jerry Garcia. We'll do anything. <laughs> Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. We are not. Well, no. Oh, come on. I love no. the dead. I'm a deadhead to the No, end. I already Look established. Look at that. Okay. So, <laughs> does it say fracking? Trucking. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's got like a little. Is that a stick and poke? Um, no, it was done with a machine, but like a cheaper end machine. <laughs> and we were both drunk, so. Yeah. It was done with a machine, but like at a basement punk show. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> adjacent space. So like, Nick was like two and a half King Cobras down at that point. <laughs> right? It's like there were King Cobras involved. No, all I'm but saying. actually the, it was a very good night. I had a large full Italian meal. The first one I'd ever had. Like coffee, dessert, cocktails, fish, pasta. Oh yeah. It was the whole thing. Um, I had it in Little Italy of Philly, which is called the Italian Market. Um, I went to... <laughs> like that you called it something else. Whatever. I went to my first, um, real gay bar. I went to Woody's for a friend's birthday. Oh, I still haven't been to Woody's. around. The cocktails were incredibly expensive, but it was fun. Yeah, it's like, why is it famous? Um, why I did I know about Woody's just, before I moved here? It's just one of the oldest ones, I think. Okay. Like, it's one of the most established gay bars that is still open in the city. Gotcha. And, you know, it has a, it, Woody's is a good name. Like, that sticks with you. It does, yeah. Also, apparently, a lot of straight people go there, and their owners are kind of racist, so... Take it worth yeah. what you will. Yeah. There's I, other places I, you can go. It doesn't matter. Whatever. But, uh, yeah. So, like our podcast. Please like it. How do they like it? Um, we're on Facebook. No, we're not on Facebook. We don't do Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, just Dern After Reading. We're on Twitter. I think it's called Dern After Reading Pod. You can search that up. 
we're on a bunch of platforms you're probably listening on right now, so check us out. Yeah. You made us a TikTok. Oh, stop. I'm not doing TikToks about Laura Dern. Although, maybe. <laughs> no, we'll just say it out loud. It doesn't sound as bad. Alrighty. Um, oh, right. What are we... Uh... Next week, we're going to try out our first special. We have not done a special yet. It's something where me and Bax watch the same thing and talk about it. We're going to try a new little format because we have a lot of other specials coming up and we're going to want to practice ourselves. So we're going to be watching two episodes of King of the Hill, the two episodes that Laura Dern was on. I'm a big fan of King of the Hill. Really looking forward to this. Do you have any background uh, um, season? I, I do have the season episode and name of each one. First one was season six, episode eight, Joust Like a Woman. And the cool. second one is called Patch Boomhauer, which is about Boomhauer's brother, and that is from Season 8, Episode 1. I can't cool. wait for this. I love King of the Hill. I'm going to have so much material for this. I awesome. do not... I absolutely... So, my King of the Hill, when I was a kid, I didn't like it. I thought it was boring. I was like, whatever. Like, no. Like, give me Simpsons. Give me South Park. Fuck this. This one's boring. Texas, weird. Nah, I don't care. Um... Any, and then, like, having seen it a little bit, maybe, like, a cumulative, like, 10 or 15 episodes as an adult and it's like oh fuck this show is good so i'd imagine maybe i've seen one of these maybe not yeah and um, she's like a in one of them she's know, a background sorry. character and one she's more of a prominent character but yeah okay so she plays two different characters it, yeah a different one in each episode oh cool um and you're a big hillhead i um, love it when it first came on adult swim i was like late middle school early high school and i hit it real hard because like I think I was just so thirsty for that dry humor when I found it. I just latched on. Interesting. I was. That's so funny. We ended at the same exact yeah. age, um, and I was just like, no, not for me. It was like late middle school, middle school, early high school. I'm like, nah. I, don't know. I think I just I was so lacking that, and I found more since then. But like that was my first big thing, and I was just like really into it. Yeah. Oh, so what's this you're pulling up here? Um, it was Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda and Bruce Dern. You know what I was imagining when you were talking Laura about that Dern's scene? dad related. Degrees of amputee yeah. sex. Do you have any amputee sex movie? Not uh, that I can think of. Picks? Um, but when you had mentioned that John Voight was an amputee, and um, he did a oral sex scene on a woman, I imagined like him as just a head, and like the reanimator scene, but consensual, and she's just like <laughs> holding the head there and vibing with it. Anyway, that's my little goofy, goofy goof goof. Um, so yeah, that, yeah. done? That's it's, it? It's a really hot scene. And oh. Bruce Stern was in Alexander Payne's film Nebraska. Nice, I'm um, And Laura Dern, his daughter, was in Alexander Payne's, um... Oh my god. Feces. Uh, Bruce Stern was downtown. in The Burbs? I love The Burbs. That's one of my favorites. Alright, you guys, we're... we're oh, talking. I'm sorry, okay, we gotta go. Do, I mean, do we want to, like, just go on a Bruce Stern thing? Let's do we, it next week. We'll, yeah, we'll, next week we'll do we'll some learn, Bruce we'll, Stern and then we'll do King of the Hill. It's gonna be great. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do some homework instead of like stream of conscious discovery. <laughs> instead of just reading for the, the first time with you. Goodbye, right, friends. Bye.